but the biggest, uh, most important thing is you have to communicate what you're looking for to everybody that you're talking to. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, as always, we got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Todd? I'm doing well. Just, uh, you know, new year. And we're just trying to crush it. That's all. So uh, we, got, we actually have a meeting today with a couple of my partners on, on multifamily and kind of going through really what we want to get done uh, this year and what's important and, and how we can uh, really make things happen. Uh, we we very hopeful. We've got an offer being accepted here on the property. Uh, one of our offers being accepted on the property. So we'll see where that goes. But we're pretty uh, we're pretty optimistic about it. And uh, you know, same, same thing. Working on the assisted living too, and just trying to trying to really dig up some deals. Uh, which um, you know, deal flow is is really important. If you're going to grow your company, you, you need to be buying deals. Well, yeah, I hear you. I mean, especially in December and January, it's just a, a slow time for deals in general. Yep. Uh, you know, yep. it's, it's just really tough. And we've talked about what to do during that time to really build your business up. But uh, deal flow is key. Like if you don't have deal flow, you're not going to do any business. Right, right. And it's, it's, it's deal flow is a, is a constant, right? We always have to be constantly trying to get more deal flow. Uh, unless, you know, they're, they're the only time back in like, even even at this this time that I'm going to talk about, but but back in like 2010 through 2013, there was a ton of deal flow and it basically fall in your lap. And it was easy to go. I shouldn't say easy, but there, you, you could negotiate all that kind of stuff. But even then, you still had to continue to to dig up the deals um, if you wanted to find the best deals in the market. Uh, but right now in today's market, there's just not a lot of inventory for sale. There's not a lot of great deals for sale. Most people would sell you their property if you're willing to pay wildly high prices. Um, but you know, to find a property that you're actually willing to pay the price, there's just not a lot out there. And so you really have to uh, try to get creative and find good deals. So that begs the question, how can you find those deals? Yeah, I mean, so that's a great question. It's a hard question to answer, um, but there's there's multiple ways to finding good deals. And the reason why it's I guess it's a little hard to answer is because exactly what are you looking for? So I think first and foremost, understand exactly what you're looking for is be as detailed as possible. A lot of people think being open is a great way. You know, I'm open to everything. Uh, that's a great way to find deals. And certainly you'll find properties to purchase, but you're not going to find a good deal, right? So there's there's a big difference. So, but if, if you want to actually find good deals, you need to be aware of what you're actually looking for. And, and that needs to be your criteria. Um, so again, you're going to get, if you say, Hey, I'll buy anything between, you know, five and 500 units. Well, there's a lot of deals out there that meet that criteria. What city? Well, I don't care. Any city, as long as it's growing. Okay. Well now we got a ton of deals out there, but 
you're just going to be finding the leftovers. You're going to be finding the deals that nobody else wants because nobody's going to take you very serious, first of all. And, and second of all, you just you, there's no way for you to look at all those deals and be serious about them. So I want to get very specific. I want to know neighborhoods that I'm interested in investing in. I want to know the class of property. I want to know the, the unit count, the age of the building that I'm looking for, uh, the type of strategy I'm going to try to implement on that all that kind of stuff. And that, that leads me to less deals, but better deals, right? Deals that actually hit my criteria. So that's step number one, really understanding what you want and, and spell it out so people know. So now that you've narrowed down your scope, you've really identified that, that uh, a niche really well, and you're communicating that to other people, who, who are you telling? Yeah, I mean, you're telling everybody, right? You're, you're telling everybody in the industry. Um, you're telling anybody in that city that you think would have any kind of relation to those types of properties. But the, the most important people to tell are the people that are selling those buildings. So that is the real estate brokers, right? The real estate brokers are going to have the vast, vast majority of the deals in the market. That's, that's who controls them. They're talking day in and day out with sellers. Um, and so the sellers trust them. They know they're a source that sells real estate. And so typically a seller is going to go through a broker. That's typical. It's not always, but that's probably your very most important source. So how do I get a good deal with a real estate broker? That's the key question. And this is where it's a little challenging and maybe a little unfair. Okay. A guy like me, who's been buying properties in a market, and whether I've been buying in that market or a different market, I've got a track record. I've got a leg up. I've got an advantage over people. Companies that are bigger than me, that have purchased more than me, that have a massive reputation, they've got a leg up on me, right? It's going to be easier for a company that's got 30,000 units that they've purchased and they've got massive funds behind them, they're going to come into a brand new market and they're going to be taken seriously extremely quickly and they're going to get the best of the deals right away. Where for me, it takes me a little longer. For somebody that's brand new, it takes a lot longer. And so you have to kiss a lot of frogs to start to get to some of those good deals and you're not necessarily going to get the best deals period until you start buying deals, which is unfair, kind of, kind of a bummer, right? But it's just how it is. So sometimes you have to buy a deal that's just a base hit and settle for the base hit and not worry about the double, the triple or, or the home run, right? Because you know, eventually those will come, but right now, probably not. Well, that's okay. You're still going to make money with the base hits. Yep. Still make money with the base hits. So how do you, how do you build these relationships? Okay. Obviously just getting to know the brokers, being friendly, being open, meeting, meeting them face to face, super valuable. Um, I want to sit down with them, have coffee with them, bring them a gift. Uh, just, just be nice to them, be personable to them, find out what their interests are outside of real estate talk to them about those interests, you know, connect with them on a, on a deeper level than just business. I think that's very valuable. 
Number two, you have to take their deals seriously. When they send you a deal that's marketed, underwrite it, underwrite it quickly, provide them feedback of why that deal doesn't work. Provide them honest feedback of why the deal doesn't work. Don't insult them. Don't tell them that they're crazy, that they priced it way too high. But a lot of times the broker knows it's priced very aggressively. Just say, look, this is a little too aggressive for me. And unfortunately, this deal doesn't work. And this is why. And that's fine. Okay. Take every deal that you get, every deal that they've got listed. Don't, by the way, don't ask them for an off-market deal. Don't go out there and ask them for off-market deals. Look at their on-market deals, especially when you first establish that relationship. Don't even talk. Don't even mention off-market deal. Look at all their marketed deals. Take them seriously. Write an LOI. A lot of times, even if I'm off, I'm, maybe they want $20 million and I'm at, I'm at uh, 17. What I'm going to say to the brokers, look, I'm at 17 million. I know you got to call for offers. Uh, I, and I know I'm not going to make it to into the best and final, but I'm happy to submit an offer if that helps you out. And that does help them out a lot of times, especially if it's not an insulting offer. <clears throat> because they told the seller that, look, I'm going to bring you 10 offers. Well, if they only bring them eight offers, you know, they don't look as good. But if they bring them another offer because you were willing to do it, makes them look good, which now, again, creates another advantage for you with the broker. Yeah, even if you don't win, it's still... Even if you don't win, you're, you're not going to win. And, and the more you can start doing that and, and the farther you can get on some of these deals, you get into the best and final rounds. You just, that builds those relationships with those brokers. They see you're serious and eventually you're going to get some of those deals. Eventually you might even get an off market deal because they feel bad that you haven't gotten a deal yet. You've offered on 12 different deals. You've gotten four different final best and finals and you're not getting anything. And Hey, I got this deal. This, this guy doesn't want to fully market. Who are my buyers? Oh, you know, Todd Dexheimer has been trying to buy a property from me for eight months and he's made all these offers and I'm going to send him this deal. Right. And so now I get this off market deal that only maybe two or three other people are getting, and I've got a real shot at getting that deal under contract. Again, I didn't ask, I didn't beg for off market deals and none of that just built a relationship, made them know, understand we're serious. When that, you say, that's when you say you get an off-market deal from a broker, it's not like true off-market. It's more pre-market, like pre-being uh, advertised. Yeah. Well, off-market doesn't mean nobody's looking at it, but it means that there's there, it's not that you would never see that deal. Even if you get are on that list, you probably wouldn't see the deal. It's only going to, you know, maybe it's five people, maybe it's three people. Maybe it's 12 people, but it's only going to a select number of people that the broker feels strongly that they could perform. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think just showing you're serious um, really is, is valuable. Uh, being able to talk to talk, of course, is extremely valuable. And then eventually being able to perform. If you can perform a close on a deal, even if it's a little smaller than your target, that's okay. 
right? But if you can close on a deal in that market, and now we've got a big leg up. Now we we're a performer, and the broker knows that we we are true buyers. You mentioned about talking the talk, and I think that's really important. Like if you're not able to have a conversation with the broker, you know they're going to use lingo and and terminology that if you you don't know what you're talking about, they're going to catch up on that really quick, and they're not going to mm-hmm. take you as seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No one understands what you're talking about. I mean, that's always valuable. Try to add value to them. Um, be very knowledgeable on the market. Why are you really looking for what you're looking for? Uh, so it's nice to know the statistics. It's nice to know the jobs that are coming in. It's nice to know the reason why you're excited about that market. Um, so yeah, I mean, give reasonings why you're doing certain things. It's underwriting. It's nice to know why, why did you actually underwrite that way? You know, what are you seeing differently that, that you can't get quite so aggressive? Um, helps the broker understand your criteria. It helps the broker understand that, the, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. Okay, I'll know what they're talking about. So. <clears throat> so the other thing with broker relations too, and, and every broker is a little bit different. So you got to feel the brokers out, but potentially going completely off market and finding a property that you really like and utilizing a local broker to connect with them, with the, the owners of the property and trying to get that property under contract through a broker. Okay. Why would you not just go directly to the seller? And certainly there's reasons to go directly to the seller, but sometimes you don't want to go directly to the seller because maybe, you know, the broker's been building that relationship. Maybe you know the brokers talked about that property or sold that property in the past, okay? Maybe you just really want to establish a good relationship with the broker and you've got an in on a property and you bring the broker in for the sole purpose of trying to do business later with the broker, okay? Knowing that they're going to be a broker that if you close on this deal, they're going to bring you lots of deals. So sometimes it's good not to be selfish, Right. Sometimes it's not good. It's good to, to not be greedy. We have to understand what advantage and disadvantage it is to bring somebody else in. But I've done that plenty of times in the past. Say, hey, I, I, really, I really like this property. Can you connect with the with the owner and see if they're willing to sell and we can get this thing under contract? Yeah, and, and commercial brokers, they know all the properties in their area. And like you said, they've already been trying to build relationships with them. So if you go around their back and try to close the deal without them, that's going to piss them off and you're going to get blacklisted in the area. Yeah, it, it, so I do this uh, plenty, Matt. I'm underwriting a deal and I'm underwriting, I'm looking for comps and, and I see another property that's really close by and those rent comps, I'm like, Wow. You know, they're only charging this, this property is only charging 700 for one bedroom and, and 800 for a two bedroom. And, and all the rent comps are showing that it should be, you know, 1200 uh, blended average. And, and I go, that, that is a true value add, not the one I'm looking at. So there's oftentimes where I'll go, Hey, you know, I was doing my, I was doing my rent comps and I noticed that um, I noticed that Emerald point looks like a, massive value add project do you know anything about that oh yeah you know blah 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 okay perfect should we write an offer on that and um you know nine, nine times out of ten it's probably not going to work and you're not going to get the property but that one time 
now, now you've got a completely off market property that you got under contract. Makes it all worth it. Makes it all worth it. Right. So outside of brokers, uh, you know, talk with your property management company, make sure they understand that you're a buyer, make sure they understand that you're looking for deals, find, find, find them deals, uh, have them find you deals. I mean, um, Hey, what kind of, you know, I know you've managed quite a few properties. Do you have any people that do you have any owners right now that are looking to sell that we could maybe talk to? Right. So that's a source. Um, any, any professional in the industry, lenders, um, you know, uh, appraisers and so on. There are always sources. Outside of that, I mean, look, direct mail, um, cold calling. Those are, depending on the size of property, very, very uh, good opportunities if you do direct mail, I would say to people that own properties that are probably 50 units and below. Um, that's a great source. Once you get up into the larger properties, most of them are selling via brokers. So not as valuable, but still potentially worth doing. Um, you know, we are doing a marketing campaign right now for our assisted living, trying to get properties. Uh, we've scrubbed data. We've got some very specific criteria that we're looking for. Uh, we have, we, we're actually hiring uh, so we're in, still in this process. We're hiring somebody um, that's going to pull data for us, compile it, put it in the list. And then we've got uh, people that are going to be calling those property owners and uh, sending letters to them to try to get them to sell. So really doing some of that groundwork yourself, very uh, valuable. I think if you're buying commercial assets, um, strip malls and office buildings, warehouse. Uh, that's a very, very good way to get to some of those buildings. If you're buying multifamily, um, I would say, again, 100 plus units. Most of those are going through brokers. Is it a complete waste of time and effort? I would say no, I, I'm definitely worth trying. I think the key is, Matt, it's not one source. It's not one thing that you have to do. You have to do multiple things, but the biggest, uh, most important thing is you have to communicate what you're looking for to everybody that you're talking to. You're not going to get deals if they don't know what kind of deals that you're looking for. So you have to understand what you're looking for and, and you have to be out there and you have to be pounding the pavement. The other thing, the other way too, is if you're at um, local conferences, part of uh, local groups, Chamber of Commerce, stuff like that. that. That's what we're talking about. We're buying properties, right? Hey, do you know any owners that are looking to sell? We're trying to find that connection that we can make, right? Um, we had a good lead. Unfortunately, it never uh, came through, but it was just a, a mutual, it was a connection that we had this gentleman knew people in one of the markets we were buying in. Um, and he introduced us to a, a owner and that owner was looking to sell. And uh, we negotiated and tried to work out a deal. Unfortunately, um, he was working with a couple other people and, uh, but he sold it, you know, without us uh, to somebody else off market. So 
I mean, those are, but without that connection, we never would have even known about that opportunity. And you never know which lead is going to bring you to a, your next deal. It, you just right. have to try everything, like you say. Right. Yep. So, yeah, pound, pound on the pavement. I mean, that's, that's big. This, this market this market's tough, man. It's just, it's, it's tough. It's just the way it is. I mean, there's no, there's no way around it. I mean, people are paying crazy prices. I don't know how people are paying the prices they're paying. They're, they must be a lot smarter than me. Um, but man, I mean, they're paying big prices and a lot of these properties are going for, for these big dollar amounts, but there's still some deals out there here and there. Um, and, and you're not, but you're not going to get them if you're just waiting. You're not going to get them if you're just sitting on the sidelines. All about action. Yep. Absolutely, man. Well, cool. Uh, what else? Anything else on, on finding deals? No, that's all I can think of today. Okay. Take massive action. Be consistent. Be persistent. Uh, it's going to take a lot of a lot of deals to look at. I, I think I, I was listening to uh, Ken McElroy the other day, who is a big multifamily guy. Uh, his company's got, I don't know, maybe 10,000 or so units. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, they, they submitted, I think it was 85 offers and they got one deal, you know? Um, so, you know, be out there, be writing offers. And then for those 85 offers, I, I, I would, I would think he underwrote three, 400 deals, I would think for 85 offers. So, you know, be out there, be looking and, uh, and taking action. And that's how you're going to get the deals. Yeah. If you had given up after 84 offers, I mean, you wouldn't have got that deal. Right. Right. Uh, well, cool, man. Well, you have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks. You too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.